The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Parenthood. Your life does not end here. Hi, I'm Chriselle Lim, mother of two. And I'm Sarah Son, also a mother of two. We are longtime friends and now mothers. This is Being Bumo, a podcast about all things parenting. We want to have honest conversations about motherhood so we can each define it for ourselves. We're here to build our village and we hope that you join us. So you had that conversation with, is it Mark? Yeah, his name is Mark Berkman. He's a lawyer and now the CEO of Organization for Social Media Safety. And it is a wonderful resource for parents who are trying to navigate social media with their children. And they, he actually has, the, the website has a checklist that you can print out and it goes through three categories of intervention and they're incredibly helpful. So why would someone, I mean, maybe because my kids are a little younger, like mm-hmm. I, first of all, my kids are not on social yet. I know eventually they will, mm-hmm. but as of now, they are not on social. But why would a parent need something like this? Is it for the parent or is it for the kid? That's an excellent question. Yeah. That I still don't know the answer to. I just, I don't know. I think what Mark was saying on the previous episode is because COVID happened, kids younger and younger got on social to play roadblocks together or to like go house party together. There was like an app called House Party where like kids were texting each other, like chatting with each other. So I understand that. I, I get that. But I, I don't know. I'm kind of like slower in that. And like my kids didn't get that. And they had like one or two neighborhood friends that they hung out with a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of it. So even gaming is considered social. Yes. So okay. that's something to consider. I don't know if your girls do gaming or even YouTube mm. kids, which has like a social component, right? Like you can chat and like meet people even on YouTube huh. and gaming platforms. That is considered social media. Okay. It's not just the Snapchats and the and the Instagrams. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of know the answer to this, but why is being on social for a kid dangerous at, at this point? You guys have to listen to the episode because Mark has such good, you know, information for us. But here are some of the stats that blew me away. He said... 30 to 40% of fifth graders are reporting cyberbullying. Wow. That's like, that's insane. Like 40% of fifth graders that are online are feeling attacked in some way or another, feeling either left out or feeling bad about themselves. And then he goes to say by sixth grade, kids are on social like about four hours a day. Hmm. Sixth graders. What are they doing? Like, what are you doing? I don't know. I mean, I guess scrolling because uh, to be honest, if they're on TikTok, like you could easily, I easily scroll for an hour, sometimes two. And I'm like, oh crap, it's been like two hours. So I, and especially me having control, most of these kids don't have control. No control. So I'm sure they could keep scrolling for hours and hours and hours. And this is not just scrolling, could go with gaming and watching videos, YouTube and all of that. So yeah, yeah, I I could see that. I mean, there obviously are dangers to social media for that reason. But I mean, the biggest thing that he pointed out on the gaming platforms is that kids, especially who are young and are not aware of the dangers, start to befriend people like Mm -hmm. because they're playing a game together. And then you think they're your real friends. Uh But maybe those 
the the people that you're playing because you don't know them personally. They just have an ID online are just, I mean, it could be anyone. It it could could be be anyone. And I'm not trying to be dramatic, but they can be like predators or they could like try to, you know, harm your children. And so it's just, it's like a dark world. (laughs) It's just, it's a lot. And so the biggest thing with him, he's, you know, and we're not trying to pass judgment to any parent and like everybody needs to use social media and these tools the way that they see fit. But I think what he's saying, it's like, parents, wake up. Yeah. Be aware. Don't think that this is just a kid app, a kid app, a babysitting app, like be on top of things. Mm. That I think is like, I think the biggest message. And I think that a lot of parents, and I was like this for a while, they view these apps and these kind of social media tools as a way to babysit the kids. If the parents, you know, need an hour or two hours to finish work or to make dinner or whatnot, which they could be, but I think there needs to be some strict guidelines around that, right? Because let's just go back to the old fashioned television. (gasps) Just turn on some regular TV. But do you remember when our parents had television was going to ruin us too? Yes, I get that. I get that kind of, yeah. But it's not like we were able to chat with somebody behind the TV. Exactly. And it's not like the images are like incredibly fast and incredibly stimulating, Yeah. right? I yeah. think I think that there's a big difference. Just put on regular television for an hour. And I get it. And we do that too. Yeah. I think social media is it's a slippery slope. And the kids are so young. They don't have any impulse control. It's like we're offering them all of these temptations. And we're offering them the whole world. Yeah. But they're not ready for it. So it really took me a real life experience to understand the, I guess, implications behind social media for kids. Because I think we hear a lot about this could happen mm-hmm. or this might happen. But until you've actually experienced it, you're just like, holy crap. What do you is- mean? What happened? Okay. So I have a friend. It's like a very, very distant friend. She had a daughter who was on social media a lot and she started cutting herself. And, mm. and it was mainly because she felt like she wasn't pretty enough. She wasn't thin enough. She wasn't. And, you know, we take those things for granted because when I go on TikTok, I see all these young girls in just the cutest looks, you know, skimpy looks. And I'm like, you go, girl. But I don't I don't ever think about if a 10 year old is watching that. Right. I'm just looking at it being like, wow, these girls have it going on. Like they are so confident at this age. But then if I put like my parent hat on, I'm like, wow, what if Chloe is watching this? Yeah, She's going to start comparing herself. And it's not that it's the creator's fault because they're going to post what they're going to post, right? But it's our responsibility as parents to know that these platforms, they're user-generated content, right. which means that it's public opinion, public content. Like you could post up anything. Of and so once you understand that, that they're going to be exposed to everything, it doesn't become a kid app anymore. TikTok's not a kid app. It's, it's not, not a kid-friendly app. It is not a cute app. It's not an app where like cute girls are just like doing cute dances. Like yeah. we have got to dispel that. No, but it is from an adult perspective. You know what I mean? But if you actually take a minute to digest it as a child, you're like, oh, this is this is not... G-rated. It's not PG-rated. It's like PG-13 rated R, possibly. Even though it's like harmless. Even if it's like cute girls just doing innocent, cute dances, 
young kids, especially like impressionable ten, ten year olds, yeah, yeah, they're just gonna naturally compare themselves. And yeah. again, the reason why I said that it's not the creator's responsibility is because you don't think so? No, not because, even a little bit. No, because if you think about it, these platforms are for creators, for users to actually upload content, right? And so when you want to become a creator, myself included, I'm going to upload whatever I want. So trying to hold everyone accountable to that, that's not possible, right? So, but what is possible is for the parent to understand that and be like, oh, they're going to be exposed to things that I have no control over. So do, am I saying it's right or wrong? No, but the reality of things is that it's not, up to the 13, 15, 16 year old creator who wants to be a TikTok star to create appropriate content for a seven year old. That's not their responsibility. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's not realistic either. So I yeah. think our responsibility, and I could say this because I am a creator. Do I create content for seven year old kids? No, absolutely not. If a seven year old watches my content, there's something wrong, right? Because yeah. am I explicit? Am I like, half naked yeah possibly yeah, let's talk about that but, but you know what i mean that's not my problem I'm, that i'm not gonna be able to create the job and the business if i keep thinking about kids watching my content that's not my problem that's is it the platform's problem no it's not it's not because instagram facebook what about i mean mark talks about this on the episode yeah. the kids are creating violent videos on purpose there was a trend called the knockout game where you could go behind a friend's or somebody you knew, knock mm. them out, mm. film it, and then upload it. Huh. And then kids were being encouraged to do this for likes on yeah. the platforms. Yeah. I'm sorry, but there is accountability that needs to be set there. Yeah. It, it, yeah, maybe like with the girls in their skimpy outfits, whatever, that, you know, there's like the dangers there, but where does it stop? Yeah. Then you can upload whatever, whatever you want, yeah. whatever, with no accountability. I don't know about that either, to be honest. I, yeah. Okay. The holidays are here, Sarah. What are you looking forward to? Honestly, this time is pretty hectic because it's the holidays, but also my daughter's birthday. But um, I'm a planner and I have family coming to see us. And I'm really excited for that. That's amazing. And during this time, because cousins are coming, I'm thinking about presents and gifts. And honestly, KiwiCo knows a thing about delivering moments of awesome. They are wonderful gifts from rocket ships to robots. All their projects are designed to spark fun and excitement for the kids of all ages. And one thing I love about their boxes is that it's a project they can do for a few days. And that's perfect for the holidays as they're home for about two weeks. When you give KiwiCo, you're gifting so much more than a small box of toys. You're gifting them a season of discovery, experiences with loved ones, and holiday excitement that lasts beyond the holidays without having to spend a fortune. I love KiwiCo and we actually rely on KiwiCo quite a bit in our family as well. Um, they do make great gifts, but the last project that we did was with Colette, who is four years old. And we pretty much put like these little balls in a box, these wooden balls in a box, and we had paint in them. And then we just like shook it up. And then <laughs> the, she was able to create her kind of own solar system. Uh -huh. And she thought it was the coolest thing. And it just kind of lit her up and gave her the confidence to create something that was meaningful while we learned about the solar system. And that's what I really love about them is that they really tie meaningful activities with real life 
lessons, I guess. And it just builds their confidence as well. It's the Kiwi Coast fantastic. Um, it gives the kids tools to learn new skills and build new experiences and make connections to the broader world. We absolutely love KiwiCo. So this holiday season, give awesome with KiwiCo. Get your first month free on any crate line at kiwico.com slash bumo. That's your first month free at kiwico.com slash bumo. What's up, everyone? I'm Sheena Shea. You may know me from nine seasons of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules, but I'm here to tell you about my podcast called Shenanigans. We talk about everything from reality TV, pop culture, relationships, parenting, and invite you to join the conversations with Q&A sessions where nothing is off the table. There's so much more I want to share with you. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to Shenanigans to stay up to date with new episodes every Friday. But what I'm saying is that in reality, these platforms are dangerous because they feed off of engagement, likes, mm-hmm. views. They don't care about don't your care. kids. They don't care. And that's the message we need to tell yes, parents. They don't they care. They don't care about your child. So is it is it possible? Is it right for someone to upload a punching video and it goes viral? Yeah, it's pretty effed up. Yeah. But guess what? The platforms don't care, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I think that we can't be so mad about who's uploading that content because it's going to continue to go viral as as long as it gets the views and the likes because that's what how these platforms are built, right? Yeah. So for us as parents, we can't be mad about the trends. We can't be mad about the creators. We can't be mad about these platforms. Us as parents have to understand how these platforms work. And once they understand that, then it's our responsibility to protect the child, right? Okay. Which is why it begs the case that kids should not be on social media, not mm. even for 30 minutes, to yeah. be honest. That's that's why I'm having a hard time understanding why there are third graders on social media or fifth or even eighth graders. Yeah. Because if this is what you're saying, and this is the realization I'm having the last two years, I just don't understand the parent population that yeah. lets their kids on social media. And I'm not trying to be judgmental and I'm not trying to say like, you know, but like, if this is like really what's happening, we have a huge obligation to protect our children. Yeah. And to say no, yeah. to say no to social media for like a really long time. Yeah. I I don't know. I I agree. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of parents thinking that it's a kid-friendly app. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you for giving us insight on that. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is when it comes down to it. And of course, there are I think we're talking specifically more about TikTok. And Snap. And Snap. Yeah. I, I don't know too much about Snap. I know that a lot of kids message each other like privately on that. So I can't really speak upon that. Instagram, it's too old for the kids. They don't really care about it. <laughs> it's like a I'm new Facebook. I know, yeah. I'm still on it. That's like my main source of, I guess, uh, social media use. But yeah. I think it's mainly TikTok that I'm speaking about. But yeah. also just platforms like YouTube. Once I discovered what this friend of my friend oh, of a yeah, friend of mine kind of the effects that was happening to her watching other kids online and thinking that she's not good enough pretty enough and she started cutting herself that's when I decided that the girls don't need YouTube in their life anymore there's plenty of other streaming platforms yeah. that is a little bit more controlled and this is a problem with user-generated content 
user-generated content. And I'm not saying that all content by Netflix and all content by Disney is perfect. I'm not saying that at all, but there's a little bit more control over there, right? right. Whereas like platforms that have user-generated content like a TikTok, like a YouTube Kids, it's very hard to control. Yeah. So for me personally, right when I heard that information, I called up their dad and I was like, look, this is what ha is happening to my friend's kid. I just don't want, I, I prefer the girls not to be on it right now. Yeah. And, you know, luckily their dad and I, we, we see really eye to eye with how we raise the girls. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely. I'll delete it from all the apps or all the iPads. And so now when they are on their iPad, they're usually watching like Disney Plus or Netflix kids. But that's what we've been doing. Yeah. And again, it's not perfect, but it gives me a little bit more peace of mind knowing that and hopefully controlling kind of their exposure to certain things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us to be like, even if you have started, now that you have new information, you can make new yeah. choices. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that because obviously we're in a position where my kids are a lot younger and they haven't had that much exposure to social at all. Yeah your kids, you kind of raise them in that way. So it's easier for us to be like, don't do it. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. But let's talk to the parent because this is the majority of population. I believe their kids have been exposed to social. They're yeah. already deeply in that world. Yeah. Like, how does that look like, right? Yeah. And I, I don't have the answer to this personally, but there's this episode from way long ago. This is before my time with you mm -hmm. here on Being Boomer. It's, it's with Christine Zilber. She's the founder of Jawar Cosmetics. She said that her kids have actually been on social for a very, very long time, but she meets them where they are. Mm -hmm. So she is very involved in their social media life. Not saying like they have to post her all the time, but she is in TikTok to understand how it works. And and also, oh, even with Heidi, yeah, right? Yeah, right? she Let's, was talking to us about that. And you guys have to listen to the Heidi episode, Heidi D'Amelio, the mother of Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio, the TikTok stars. And, you know, these girls are obviously a little older than like our girls. Like third grade. Yeah. yeah. But, but she said that her and her husband, Mark, decided collectively because this is such a big part of their family life now, these girls have the biggest following, which is also scary, right? Biggest following on social, on TikTok. Sorry, why is that scary in what way? And it's scary because they're vulnerable in that sense that everyone knows, knows them. Yeah, okay. everyone knows them, right? And they're young girls. Mm. And so they decided as a family that they're going to have a family account. And so they could actually show that there's like a whole situation here. So I, I, I think the, and again, I'm not in it, so I don't really know the answer to this. But what I'm getting from Christine Zilber, which is the mother of Emily. So I think, again, I don't have the answer to this because I'm not in it yet with the girls. But I think what I'm getting at with the moms that are that have children that are very involved with social media starting at a young age, including Christine Zilber, founder of Joe Cosmetics, and her daughter is Emily. I think I'm saying it right. She's also really, really big on TikTok. Heidi D'Amelio, her kids, is they meet their kids on the platform. So they're not mm. like, oh, this is a kid app thing. They are just as involved as their kids are. So they're fully aware, they're educated of what is going out around, what is the trend. I remember Heidi, 
this one specific trend that was going on, which was the WAP trend, the uh-huh. Cardi B the dance, dance trend. <laughs> yeah. And it was so inappropriate, right? Uh-huh. And I remember Charlie, because everyone wanted Charlie to do it, but Charlie said, she couldn't do it because her mom would actually kill her. <laughs> watch it and watch. kill her. Yeah. But the funny thing is her mom ended up doing it instead. <laughs> Just to make it even more embarrassing. And then the yeah. kids definitely will not want to do it. <laughs> so again, I, I don't want this episode for people to feel like like shitty parents. Yeah. Like that they're in a position where they effed up and yeah. because they have exposed their kids to social. I, I don't think that's it. That's Th- not it. That's not because it. I think it's this is relatively new information. Yes. I'm starting to see, like right now we have fourth and sixth graders. I actually think like in my population, in my bubble, now that we have this information after the documentary Childhood 2.0 and the other one, Social Dilemma, we are like, oh, we didn't know. We, didn't know. we <laughs> thought it was just cute dancing videos. But now that we're aware, now that we have new information, we can also say the risks are a bit too high. Yeah. You know, so maybe we just don't do it. And yeah. I think it's okay to dial back a little bit. Yeah. And if, I mean, again, like you, I don't do it because I think I'm part of that generation that's slightly later. Yeah. I think where we're seeing the issues of mental health and depression and like, cyberbullying and like body dysmorphia. I think it's parents maybe in the category of like current teenagers, mm. current high school kids yeah. who didn't have the information no. that we have today. Yeah. So I am saying for our category of families who still haven't, you know, jumped on that bandwagon to wait, to hold off, to set some ground rules. Yeah. And I think for the parents who are in it, to just be, like you said, be in the conversation with yeah. their kids. Be in yeah. the conversation. Yeah. Meet them where they're at. If your kids love TikTok, learn about TikTok. Yeah. Get on the app. I'm not saying that you have to upload a WAP dance video, <laughs> but I'm just saying get a user account, yeah. study it a little bit, yeah. understand the algorithm. Yeah. And you could have conversations. I remember Amelie should say, yeah, her and her mom, like at the end of the day, they would have conversations of like which TikToks they saw, yeah. which that they thought was weird. So it becomes almost like this thing where they get to talk about like something that they saw that made them feel weird. And I think that's where it starts, that's great. right? Yeah. It's like having this open conversation. It's I think it's the most dangerous when kids are on it by themselves and they're thinking about things, they're in their minds thinking about, I don't know, am I too skinny? Am I too fat? Yeah. Like, how do I look like this girl? But imagine at the end of the day, if your mom or dad is like, hey, this was my favorite TikTok yeah. or I saw this TikTok. I didn't yeah. like it at all. What was yours? And you guys can have that bantering, that open mm. conversation. Yeah. Then it becomes a little bit more of a safer place. Yeah. Right. And when they see something that's not safe, they can come to you exactly. and be like, oh, but I did watch this like video that was like a little bit off. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. I love so that. I think there's a solution for everything. I think this whole generation of like raising kids with social media we're the first generation we are. to mm-hmm. go through we it. Are. So have some grace with yourself yeah. as well as we did not know what the outcomes were going to be, how mm-hmm. it was going to be like. But now that we have the tools, we have more studies coming out, we could be a bit smarter about those decisions and choices. And maybe your kid, if because I, I know some parents where their kid is like, I cannot get my kid outside. Like all they want to do is like be in their room on yeah. social, which is absolutely normal at teenage years. Like for me, I remember growing up, I was so into AIM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I definitely were in weird chat rooms with weird people talking to strange 
I'm sure old men that I didn't even know that were old men, right? Oh, don't. Do you remember ASL? Yeah. I don't know if you remember the age sex location. That's like no. What is it? Those are chat rooms, okay. right? So you would say ASL, and you have to say your age, your sex, and your location. Mm. I mean, talk about danger. Yeah, right? it's like grooming. Yeah, That's, yeah. But that was the day of when social just started. We had our dial-up connection and we would have to dial into AIM. Mm -hmm. And then we'd go into these chat rooms. And I remember just being in high school and I didn't want to leave my room. I just wanted to be on AIM (laughs) and chat with people online. It was my way of being social. And my parents were obviously very, very concerned. So I think this is our version of going through that with our generation. So what did they say to you? Like... Did they also open an account, try to chat with no, you? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. But that that is definitely something that they didn't know either. Like, honestly, for me, my parents, my dad knew about it, but he didn't really know that I was talking to people, yeah. right? Like, thank God nothing happened to me. Like, I didn't meet somebody and try to, like, meet up with somebody. Like, nothing happened, right? It was yeah. all innocent. But it could have happened. And it does happen. It does happen, yeah. right? And so <laughs> I think... Now that we have the tools and understanding of what the dangers are of social media is we get a little bit more involved, right? Yeah, Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. and I think every generation is going to have their own version. My generation was obviously dial-up internet in the (laughs) chat rooms. Our kids' generation is social media and the next generation is going to have something else. So. There was yeah. something really good that Mark Berkman talked about on the last episode. If you have to listen to it, if you haven't, he talks about blocking and reporting. Blocking and reporting for kids or yeah. for adults? Yeah. So he was, as you know, as another tool for parents, if your kid is on social, is to teach them to block and report explicit content and like filing content. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time. Oh, you do. I do too. When I get like mm-hmm. weird messages, yeah. I also block and report. But to teach our kids that those are that's expected of them. If you get to be on social media to chat with your friends and watch cute videos, part of it is when you get content that you know is inappropriate to block and report it. Mm -hmm. And so you're giving, and I love this about what he said is that because you're giving the kid like an actual physical thing to do to reject that content. Mm -hmm. Because the hard part and like the dangerous part is like them to take all of this negative content passively. Mm. and normalize it and take it for four hours a day for a week for a month for a year for five years that's like where the danger happens so he was saying to block and report to repel and not normalize kind of like the bad Mm. content and I just love that because it's like you're physically almost taking a stand and letting the algorithm know too that you are not putting like you don't want this And it's almost like giving them a sense of responsibility. Like if you get to be on social, you have to be a responsible citizen Mm -hmm. in this digital community to be able to represent your generation. If someone is being bullied, if there's a negative comment, if there's something that's hateful, it's your responsibility to actually do something about it. Yeah. Right? I know. Don't you love that? I love love that. that, I do love that. that. And I think, but that also takes a certain education with kids a conversation with them just instead of like throwing them online and being like okay these are the scenarios this could happen and if this does happen this is what you're supposed to do right I think um and and as you talked about I think a lot of kids I think the dangers of it is because they just passively just consume content all day long whereas adults 
although we do passively can just consume like content, we know mindlessly. how to control it too. If like, yeah, oh, and we know like reality versus... Yeah, we know if something's an ad, yeah. we know if something's fake or too yeah. photoshopped. or We know all of that. Kids don't have that filter, right? And so I'm still really big on... I don't know how good the control kind of features are on TikTok I because my kids are not on TikTok. Yeah. But I would assume that there are some kind of control features of like how long someone could spend time on social mm -hmm. and just having that as a mark. I bet they don't have that. I can't imagine I them know. having that. Yeah. They don't. Like you said, they don't care. They yeah. want you on that thing for as long as yeah. possible. Yeah. And our kids. I, I don't know. But that would be a good thing to look at. And definitely if there are any sort of parent controls, either on the browsers, anything that they have access, yeah. they, they should be on. Yeah, I guess. Have you thought about the moment where Chloe comes and says, Mom, I want to be on social media because all my friends are on it. Mm -hmm. Like, what have you thought about that moment? I mean, it depends on what age, I think, right? Okay. Um, At what age do you think that they will, you feel that is safe? I mean, that is safe, never. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it safe for safe. for me to be on social all day? No. But yes, I get what you're saying. Like, when will you allow it then? Like, when do you think it's like, okay, I feel like this is good yeah. enough like she has a maturity to kind of honestly it. I think it really depends on her peers and I know that I don't want to do what everyone else is doing but I also don't want her to go to her friends for that type of content when she knows that she can't get it at home herself yeah. so I think it's a group effort of, like we have a kind of our classroom of moms that we're always t chatting here and there and I think if majority of them are on social at that point then maybe I will be open to it at that point. Yeah. But then by then, I'm hoping that she will have a good foundation because already at this age, I'm because my situation is a little different because this is what I do for a living. She sees me actively on social. She knows what TikTok is. She knows what Instagram is. She sees me filming videos. She's always seen me take selfies. But I'm educating her in a sense where this is mommy's work yeah. and she associates that with work. So I think it kind of, works out in a sense for me that she doesn't want to be working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure it will change as her her friends, her friends get on it. So I think that's a, a question of like when her peers get on it, that's when I would start considering it because I don't want her to go to her peers to get that content versus like being able to get it from me. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I mean, so there's an organization called Wait Till Eight. Mm. And they have made a very strong case as to why your kids should at least wait until the end of eighth grade to get mm. on socials. Oh, I was like eight years old. <laughs> no, kind of young, no, 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 no. So. Eighth grade, it was just like 14, 15. So, you know, some of us have sort of taken that pledge. I don't know if I'll be able to. I, I, I think I will. I don't know what will happen in the next few years. But for now, like we said in the episode last week, that's like the high standard that we're trying to set. Mm -hmm. So we have at least sort of like the minimum, like before end of eighth grade, it's not, we're not really going to have the conversation. Yeah. So that's the marker that I have for now. The good thing so far, my kids have not asked for it. So I am kind of, I'm fine, yeah. but I don't know. That's why I was asking you, like if my daughter does come and it's sixth grade and everyone's on it and she wants it and her friends are on it. I, I feel like I'm pretty sure like we're not going to allow it at all until eighth grade. And that's what we're going with. But who knows what will happen. But, you know, if you're listening and you want to learn more about the Wait Till Eighth Pledge is what it's called. They are just a fantastic organization. 
this is something that I loved about their their website. I wanted to share it with you guys because so much about this is the whole FOMO piece for parents, right? Yeah. Or like for the children, like, but if they're not on Snap, they're not going to know when their friends are hanging out or like that whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Or they're going to be left out. So this is what it says. Won't my child be left out without a smartphone is what they pose. And they say, yes, they will be left out. If you delay smartphones and refuse social media until their brains are more equipped to handle it, they will be 100% left out. Left out of dangerous TikTok trends, Instagram drama, Snapchat nude pics, comparison body image, mindless scrolling, and living online. And I kind of love that mindset. Yeah. It's like, yes, they're going to be left out, but they're going to be left out of a lot of bad stuff too. Mm. And like to remember that. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, bam. I do love that. Yeah. yeah. I I don't know the answer either because like you said, we do live in this modern world uh-huh. and I don't know how that will look like, but the education piece is really important. Yeah. I, I think that's really, really important to empower the kids to understand. You know, for me, because I am co-parenting, more than ever, I've been thinking because I know a few other co-parents <laughs> that don't have their kids half the time, but they want to keep in touch with them. Yeah. So the kids have a phone for that reason. And I, I've always been kind of against the idea for kids having a phone at a young age. But for the first time ever, I'm seeing the benefit for someone like me for their kids to have a phone. Because especially like Fashion Month, I'm gone for a month, right? I've always been, that's been my program. And yes, of course, a dad will be like, hey, if you want to FaceTime, you can FaceTime the girls. But just randomly throughout the day, if I could just send them a cute photo or a text, be like, mommy loves you. I miss you so much. Like that would have been really, really nice. Right. And I I had another friend who does Fashion Month and she had that with her kid. Mm -hmm. The kid's a little older than Chloe. But they would constantly send each other photos and like what they're doing, what they're eating. And it just feels like you're more in touch with them for that reason. So, yeah, I'm kind of battling that like as far as, you know, do I get them a phone? Maybe it's one of those phones where it has no Internet, social media. And it's just like all texting. But obviously, if they are, they have a phone, they will naturally that's like opening the door it's like opening can of worms to like the next thing you You know know some of the i I think you're right i i think of course you want to stay connected to your kids something that some parents were doing to skip the phone was to give them the apple watch and they say that you don't need an iphone you used to need an iphone like a real iphone to connect to an apple watch but you don't need that anymore so the apple watch is a good it sounds like a safer option because you can't have apps you can't Mm. but you can text and you can like send, chat and things like that. Can you send photos and all that? I don't know if it has any imaging actually. Oh, okay. But you can at least like send emojis and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is probably like also just like a good introduction to kids to understand yeah. Yeah. how to text and yeah. chat. That could be okay. Yeah, that that's actually I'm going to look into that. And it can yeah. just be between you, you know, dad and grandma and like the kids. That's yeah. the other thing. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to... the. The piece that's hard is like when it's just exposed to the open internet. But yeah. if it's like in a closed yeah. circuit with just like your family members, like that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that I'm going to look into that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids now are all like, you know, they're all like, oh yeah, they're on with it their, yeah. with their um, Apple that. Watch. Yeah. Well, it's, hopefully this yeah. episode didn't scare you guys too much. <laughs> no, scare them all. <laughs> but I think it's really important to have these kind of uncomfortable conversations with the world that we're living in. Again, I, I want to emphasize that everyone's situation looks different. You know, yeah. you might be the working parent that has no 
idea how you would function without, you know, three to five hours on YouTube, right? You won't be able to get anything done. And I, I, I understand that I, I sympathize with you on that because it's hard, right? It's not easy. Not everyone has access to, you know, nannies and babysitters and maybe for you to pay the bills, you need that extra three hours and th- this is your only way. And so I understand that everyone's situation looks different and I want to address that. Yeah. But I think it's more to empower you guys and more so to empower all the parents out there to really get educated on these type of platforms. And if your kids have to be on them, then, you know, it's our responsibility to really learn about them and get exposed ourselves as well, instead of just kind of giving it to them and hoping that, you know, they'll pass their time on it. So hopefully this episode has inspired you to kind of understand your children a bit better. Obviously, it's easier said than done. But we're all kind of in this together. We're all figuring it out together. No one's perfect. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening in. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We want to keep this conversation going with you. So please leave us a DM on Instagram and make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast. And we would love it if you left us a review. Also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, make sure to visit us at Bumo Work at Westfield Century City Shopping Center. And if you're looking for educational-based content entertainment for your little ones, visit us at www.bumobrain.com or at Bumobrain on Instagram. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.